It's the time of year when we're all thinking about goals and priorities. Now is the time to plan your next trip. Whatever kind of travel fills you up, whether it's lounging on the beach, connecting with family and friends, or going on a foreign adventure, Expedia has the tools you need to plan a great trip. Download the Expedia app or visit Expedia.com to start planning. You do need to be a OneKey member to use price tracking. Signing up is easy and free. Expedia, made to travel. We've all been there. You have a question about your credit card, you call the number for help, and can't get a hold of anyone. If you only had a Discover card. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right, a real person. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I'm Oprah Winfrey. Welcome to Super Soul Conversations, the podcast. I believe that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is time. Taking time to be more fully present. Your journey to become more inspired and connected to the deeper world around us starts right now. Welcome to the final class of our New Earth series. You know, I have just loved being able to bring this to all of you. For those of you who are new to Eckhart and the New Earth, I hope that this experience has been as eye-opening and as heart-opening as it was for me and so many others and continues to be. For those of you who are revisiting the book, hopefully you're reading and hearing things in a new way, deepening your understanding of Eckhart's wisdom. If there's one key message in A New Earth, it is to recognize that the only time that matters is now. There is only the present moment. And every time we get better at recognizing the present moment, awakening to that, we get better at recognizing our ego when it shows up. Every time we get better at recognizing our pain body, it means we're strengthening our spiritual muscle. And we keep that muscle in shape by being more centered, more thoughtful, by living more consciously. That's what this is all about. And the results of all this hard work, you get a life that gets filled with a lot more meaning and a whole lot more joy. So let's get started with our final class, chapter 10, A New Earth. I just again want to say thank you to every one of you for helping us to create this new earth here with Eckhart Tolle and with me. The themes of chapter 10 are truly the culmination, I think, of what all of our work has been about, how to bring consciousness to every moment and to every action of our lives and in the process learning that uh, we are far greater than anything that we could have imagined ourselves to be. So we're gonna get started. You talk about the brief history of your life on page 282, the coming into manifestation of the world as its return to the unmanifested its expansion and contraction. On the previous page, you talked about the Earth uh, expanding, the universe really, expanding and contracting. Those two movements are reflected throughout the universe in many ways, such as in the incessant expansion and contraction of our heart, as well as the inhaling and exhaling of our breath. They're also reflected in the cycles of sleep and wakefulness. Each night without knowing it, I love this, you return to the unmanifested capital S, source of all life when you enter the stage of deep dreamless sleep and then reemerge again in the morning replenished. 
Uh, those two movements, the outgoing and return, are also reflected in each person's life cycles. Out of nowhere, so to speak, you suddenly appear in this world. Birth is followed by expansion. There's not only physical growth, but also growth of knowledge and activities and possessions. This is a time where you're mainly concerned with finding or pursuing your outer purpose. Each person's life, each life form, in fact, represents a world, a unique way in which the universe experiences itself. And when your form dissolves, a world comes to an end out of countless worlds. I thought that was so beautiful. That's the bottom of page 283, everybody. Each person's life, each life form, in fact, represents a world, a unique way in which the universe experiences itself. So we are manifestations of the universe experiencing itself as each of us. Yes. And that takes you out of this illusion that all you are is this limited little person. This is, a, on the surface of things, you are this person with a name and a form, but in, your, in the depths of your being, you are the universe experiencing itself in this form. And this, just this thought brings about a little shift in the way, way in which you perceive yourself. And everybody else. Yes, yes. We are the universe, or the source of all life, or the creator, or God, whichever name you choose to use, expressing itself in our particular form. Yes, in and through this form. So there's not, the, people usually perceive themselves as being, this is me, mm -hmm. and there's the universe, right. or the world, and there's the me and the rest of the world. But you are the universe, you are the life. We're the not one separate. Life, not separate. Yeah. Each person's life, each life form, represents a world, a unique way in which the universe experiences itself. And when your form dissolves, a world comes to an end, one of countless worlds. Wow, that's really powerful. So let's talk about the awakening and the return movement. What is the return movement in a person's life? Usually you start off with the outward movement as you grow up and as you go into adolescence and adulthood. You start building your life, you acquire experiences, you acquire knowledge, you acquire possessions. Your sphere of influence extends, so that's the expansion. You grow and usually that goes up to a certain age. It varies from person to person unless I talk about it also, unless this period of expansion is interrupted by some traumatic event. Mm -hmm. We can come to that a little bit later. Mm -hmm. So there's the expansion, and then when people reach a certain age, suddenly a different movement starts. Things, the body is no longer as strong, not working so well anymore. People around you begin to die. They reach a certain age. And so there's another movement that at some point comes into people's lives, which we could call the uh, dissolution of form. It's mm -hmm. gradually happening. Mm -hmm. And uh, in our culture, we don't like to talk about that. And this is why most old people are hidden away in homes. You rarely see, you have to go to third world countries to really see the reality of what it's human like to life. Yes. And also we have such a fear of it, and, it is, and not just a fear, a disdain for it. So we do everything to make ourselves look younger. Everything is about looking younger, being younger, younger, yes. younger, younger. Yes. Yeah. 
Now the return movement is, is, is also when the, where the spiritual dimension can come into your life very strongly, when the form with which perhaps for many years you had been identified, which is the physical form and the form of my life or the things that you had built up and identified with, mm -hmm. your job, your status, your profession, your, your possessions. And that, when that begins to become a little bit shaky, then it is very often at that point that there's the possibility for the spiritual dimension to come into your life. When, when the, the solidity of the outer forms becomes diminished. Right. So traditionally, in, uh, there's still the, um, uh, in India, for example, there's still a tradition when a, a, a man reaches a certain age, he uh, withdraws from society. He, he sometimes even, some people still practice it, but not so many these days. Mm -hmm. He even leaves his family, if he knows that his family is being looked after, uh, he leaves and becomes a solitary uh, mendicant or monk to, in order to go deeply within. Mm -hmm. So that's, but you don't need to do that. All we need to be aware is that when the return movement starts, when the forms that you had identified with begin to break down, that is a wonderful time for going back home, for the return movement into spirituality, so that you would become aware of your own consciousness mm -hmm. rather than what consciousness had identified with. That was your life before. You mean form. Form, yes. And so it's sort of the return back to formlessness. Yes, but consciously. It's consciously. the conscious return to, to see where, what is the source of my very being? Mm -hmm. You could say it's you're going, you, 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 when the world begins to become shaky, then you go back to the source out of which it all came, which is God ultimately, God within, mm -hmm. the source within. So there's these, these two movements in, in a person's life. Now, in our civilization, the whole These civilization is the outgoing, the outgoing and, the return home. and the return. Now, our civilization is only interested, it seems, in the outgoing movement. People are interested in accumulating, in building up, in creating, making a life for yourself, being successful. Of course, that has its place. That's right. fine. What our civilization knows very little about is the return movement. You say, then one day, you too disappear. Your armchair is still there, but instead of you sitting in it, there's just an empty space. You went back to where you came from, from just a few years ago. Each person's life, each life form, in fact, represents a world, a unique way in which the universe experiences itself. And when your form dissolves, a world comes to an end, one of countless worlds, a return movement in a person's life, the weakening or dissolution of form, whether through old age, illness, disability, loss, or some kind of personal tragedy, carries great potential for spiritual awakening. That's why you say some older people become sort of luminescent. Yes. Yeah. Some uh, and others uh, have a resistance against uh, the return movement. The ego identifies with the weakening body, for example, mm -hmm. and so negative inner states arise. People become uh, angry or bitter or complain all the time or talk about the past all the time then they, they resist 
what's happening. Yeah, because they can't accept. Yes. They can't. They can't accept. Which we're going to talk about those three modalities: yes. acceptance, yes. enjoyment, and enthusiasm. Yes. So here comes this: the acceptance of when old age approaches. The acceptance that. This can be also very beautiful if you're open to that. You say because in old age, the emphasis, the top of 286, everybody, because in old age, the emphasis shifts from doing to being. And our civilization, which is lost in doing, knows nothing of being. It asks being, what do you do with that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what do you do with it? <laughs> yeah. But at the older you get, the more conscious you become that being is of more value to you than doing. Doing, yes. 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 And the whole point of a new earth is for uh, everybody to realize, no matter what age you are, that being is of more value to us than doing. Yes. And that it's only the being that you bring into your doing that matters. Yes. Yeah. And you don't have to wait for old age for this to happen. Mm -hmm. uh, it can. You can become conscious of this at any age, and then. The way in which you interact with the world is very different. Right. 287, when the ego is no longer identified with the return movement in a person's life, old age or approaching death becomes what it's meant to be, an opening into the realm of spirit. And many times, obviously, you don't have to approach death in order to open into the realm of spirit, as so many of you have um, told us that this whole book is about opening to the realm of spirit. Okay? You say, in a new earth, on our new earth, old age will be universally recognized and highly valued as a time for the flowering of consciousness. Yes. In a way, we lost it because that was already there in ancient cultures where old age was greatly honored. Uh, mm -hmm. For example, in the Native American culture, a mm -hmm. grand grandmother is it, is it, when somebody is called a grandmother, it's a title of great distinction and everybody has great respect for the grandmother because the grandmother embodies that wisdom. Not only wisdom, she also embodies the opening into the realm of spirit. The elder the, the, of, of a tribe, for example, they embody the opening into the realm of spirit and through those old, old people, uh, everybody can contact that realm. So it's very vital to have that. We lost it and now we are going to find that again where, we, where old age is honored rather than looked down upon. So there's the grandmother and I mentioned in the book you have the grandmother of the Native American. The first in nation. our civilization you have the granny. <laughs> and I right. say the granny at best is cute. Right. But there's no depth to that, right. to how we perceive it. Because we don't honor. No. That dimension is, has virtually disappeared from our civilization. The dimension of depth, the dimension of spirit, the dimension of the sacred, mm -hmm. which is so vital for human life. And what kind of effect does that have on us, not honoring that the, the age and that which is sacred within the age and the depth of that? What kind of effect does that, does that have on us? Well, it means the whole dimension of spirit, which is there, is lost. So we, all our life becomes completely superficial. Mm -hmm. And when life becomes completely superficial, you identify it with the surface movement of your life. And because of that lack of depth, people become very unhappy. Because there's only these, the surface of their life, possessions, achieving this or that, getting recognition. And role playing. Role playing. And also ego. what you call on page 289, I like this, intelligent stupidity. Yes. <laughs> intelligent stupidity. Yes. Tell us what you mean by that. Well, the, uh, 
an example I give is, for example, you need great intelligence to split the atom. To do that, you create, but then what do we do with that? We create, a, we make an atom bomb, a destructive weapon out of something that could be a wonderful thing. To, so on the one hand, humans seem very intelligent, and then what they do with that intelligence very often is extremely stupid. Right. It becomes destructive. Because I mean, that's where, that's where, where intelligence stupidity yes. comes in. Yes, and, and that's because the dimension of spirit is missing. Intelligence that's, that is not connected to the deeper dimension of awareness or spirit, whatever you want to call it. And being. Yes, is very destructive. Right. It, sooner or later, it becomes destructive. Yes, I love what you say on page 290. This is, as you know, I've read the book now several times because when you go back and read it again, you will find things that you didn't experience the That's first time. Repeated readings, very helpful. Or the second time. Yes. Or the third time. Once again, this chapter. Struggle or stress is a sign that the ego has returned as are negative reactions when we encounter obstacles. So whenever you encounter obstacles in your life, it is because your, your ego is forefront at the forefront? Yes, it doesn't mean that you don't encounter challenges in right. your life, but to make them into, if you consider a challenge, an obstacle that you need to fight against, that means the ego is there. Right, this is 290. The force behind the ego's wanting creates enemies. That is to say, reaction in the form of an opposing force equal in intensity. That's what an enemy is. The stronger the ego, the stronger the sense of separateness between people. The only actions, this is one of my favorite quotes, I love this. The only, see I've underlined it. <laughs> the only actions that do not cause opposing reactions are those that are aimed at the good of all. Yes, so you no longer separate yourself and say this is, this is my, you consider in whatever you do, you consider the totality or the whole, not just my little needs, but how do I fit into the totality? And so then, this is not no longer karmic action which produces suffering. Right. We're also learning that action, although necessary, is only a secondary factor in manifesting our external reality. The primary factor in creation is consciousness. No matter how active we are, I love this, how much effort we make, our state of consciousness creates our world. And if there's no change on that inner level, no amount of action will make any difference. Yes. In other words, what you do is always secondary. Who you are is primary. And that means not who you are in the eyes of the world or who you are in the, whatever image you might have yeah. about yourself, but w whether you are connected within yourself with that dimension of being spirit or consciousness. You say it beautifully, 294. It's not what you do, but how you do what you do determines whether or not you are fulfilling your destiny. Yes. It's not what you do, but how you do it. And by that you mean the amount of presence or consciousness you bring to whatever you do. Yes, another aspect of that is whether whatever you are doing at any given moment, even the most, what the mind would say, insignificant thing, are you doing it in presence or is it just a means to an end because you want to get to some future moment? Right. Just a simple example you could give, you can go to a restaurant and the way in which the waiter puts the plate on your table can be present and conscious and the immediately 
you would be affected by that. When Sometimes it happens that you have a waiter who is conscious That's and right. with, with care and attention, he or she puts the table, there, the plate in front of you. Right. And you can sense a very different energy from a waiter who is just doing his or her job Absolutely. And he just puts it down. And that's in every aspect. That's yes. going through the toll booth, that's picking up your laundry, everything. that's standing in line for French fries, that's everything. Yes. People either bring their presents or they don't. Yes. Yeah. And often to, it's a useful thing to remember to check inside yourself to see whether you are making whatever you are doing at this moment, whether it is primarily a means to an end because you want to get somewhere else through what you are doing, or whether you're giving it your fullest attention. Well, we're gonna get into the three modalities of awakening where you say that unless you are at any given time having acceptance, enjoyment, or enthusiasm for whatever you're doing, you should stop doing it. Yes. Because if you're not accepting the moment, enjoying the moment, or having enthusiasm for the moment, then you are in one way or another causing suffering. Yes, it's a dysfunctional, you're in a dysfunctional state Mm -hmm. You are not aligned with the present moment. You are not aligned with yourself. You are not aligned with life. Completely dysfunctional and then you generate psychic disharmony around you. You make yourself unhappy. Already you are unhappy. when right. you because you can't accept the present moment. And the unhappiness spreads because when you are unhappy, others around you, you make them unhappy too. It All spreads right. like a disease. Macy's Mother's Day gift guide has the perfect gift to make mom feel special. Shop by price like 25 and under to 100 and under. Category, like fragrance, handbags, and more. Or gift lists, like for the mom who has everything. Gifts that are already wrapped and ready to be gifted and for grandma. Get top gifts like Dolce & Gabbana Devotion, Eau de Parfum, Coach Floral Printed Leather Cassie Crossbody Bag, and Le Creuset Shallot Dutch Oven. Shop at Macy's.com slash Are you ready to unlock your inner greatness? If so, make sure to listen to my podcast, The School of Greatness, hosted by me, Lewis Howes. Join me as I sit down with world-class performers, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders to uncover their secrets to success with new episodes every single week. Whether you're striving for personal growth, business mastery, or simply seeking inspiration, The School of Greatness has something for you. And you can find it on SiriusXM, Pandora, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Subscribe and follow to the show so you never miss an episode and start your journey to greatness today. Well, I think, you know, as we here are already in chapter 10, one of the biggest issues that I've heard so many people talk about, and a friend of mine started emailing me saying that she was following the classes and that it's very easy to, to have this resonate with you, but then when you have to go out into the world and actually deal with people, mm -hmm. that it starts to get difficult. Mm -hmm. And that friend is an actress who has uh, played my daughter in the movie Beloved. Oh. Yes. She's my baby girl. Huh. Kimberly Elise played my baby girl. Hello, Kimberly. Hi. Hi. Who's been reading the book. Kimberly's been reading the book. And I was trying to email back and forth explaining this in email. And as Eckhart says, emails are, you know... Not a not a uh, a full form of communication yeah. when you're trying to express yeah. these ideas. So go at it, Kimberly. Okay. So yes, as I was telling Oprah, um, it's been really exciting and enlightening to discuss in theory all the different concepts and ideas in the book, and it's 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 been attainable here in this loving cocoon which I live in and, and my book club members live in. 
But once you go out into the real world and have real life situations, you're presented with a lot of challenges because not everybody's read the book. Not everybody's on this journey. Not everybody is striving to evolve or have awareness. A simple example, one of um, the book club members works for a very egotistical boss and is very sort of um, pushed and uh, has unrealistic demands put upon her. And she's managed to sort of pull herself above it, become witness to the ego she's dealing with and the ego within herself. And um, as a consequence, she's been perceived as sort of lax and dispassionate and disengaged in everything that's going around because everybody else is so in the drama and she feels her job could be at, at stake because she's being viewed this way. That's, a, that's a, an example. So my question is, if we're in the process of evolving our state of consciousness, moving away from our egos and getting closer to our true selves, how do we manage, how, how, how do we manage to maintain this level of, of elevation when you're forced in the real world to live and work with people who come from a strictly egotistical place and don't understand this, this awareness level and really can perceive you as being weak? Good. Good question. Good. Yes. Now let's hear what Eckhart has to say. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you, uh, we are gradually learning to live from a different state of consciousness. Now you cannot expect to be necessarily to be a master when you meet difficult people and already to be fully in that state of presence. It's a gradual process where you bring presence into your life. And as you invite presence into your life, and at first, don't even, don't even practice with the difficult boss, but leave him alone for a while. At first, you invite presence into your life with small things. When you're at home, one little movement, making tea, making, opening the curtains as you get up, looking out of the window without any judgment, just perceiving the light, the clouds. Bring as much as possible presence into your life in simple situations. When you get into your car, you get in, close, close the door. Be, be quiet for 20 seconds, 30 seconds. Feel the inner body. Many opportunities are there whenever you're waiting. I talk about that in both books, I believe. Whenever you're waiting for something or someone, drop the waiting and be present. Be fully there, fully alert, fully accepting of that moment rather than wanting, wanting some other moment. Mm -hmm. So, and gradually you grow in presence power or presence power grows in you. And when, as presence power grows in you, you can begin to apply it to slightly challenging situations, which, which normally would have uh, triggered for example, some slight irritation. Mm -hmm. And there you can observe, oh, that's, there's the old reaction as you're waiting in line at the supermarket. And you can see the irritation with the cashier or the, whoever is there in, ahead of you. And you can immediately be aware of that and see, well, what's it? It, can, it has no useful function. It does nothing except make me unhappy. And you can then let go of it and be clear and free and present at that moment. 
Yeah, I think too, Kim, that one of the things that we all want when you read this and you feel so great, it's like you feel so enthusiastic and you want everybody to get it as you get it. It's like developing, a, like developing spiritual muscle. Yes. It's like developing spiritual muscle. You can't go out and lift, you know, the 50-pound weight unless you have also lifted the 25-pound weight and the 10-pound weight. And so you have to start developing the muscle with things that you are more comfortable with. And once you've developed a, a strong enough muscle, the bosses become, the, the, the unruly bosses become easier to handle. In the beginning, you just can't say, I'm going to go out, I'm going to apply this principle and expect it to work, because you have to have the inner strength in which to deal with it. And also, it comes from a greater awareness, I think, having had unruly bosses in my uh, early years. It comes from a greater awareness of what your real... Um, purpose in life is. I remember being in Baltimore in the early days of my career, having a boss who was a complete jerk, who's just a complete jerk. I'd like to use another word for it, but I'll just leave of it. Of course, that's not his true self, but that's on okay. this heavy overlay. Having a boss whose true self was loved and innocence <laughs> and had a wonderful presence, but... Heavy the overlay. Heavy oh. overlay was oh. the, the ego self that he showed oh. daily was a complete jerk. Something inside me knew I wasn't going to be here forever, there forever. Uh, I knew that I could tolerate it, I could deal with it, I could handle it, I could... You know, my place in it was not, I knew he ultimately had no power over me, that I needed to do what was necessary for this particular time in my life. But inside myself, I knew trouble don't last always. And I will not, this, was, this is not going to be the course of my life. This too will pass. This too will pass. <laughs> I knew that this too will pass. And so I could go into the space every day doing what needed to be done as perhaps maybe your friend needs to do, doing what needs to be done, and could do the thing that everybody else couldn't understand. I could offer, give that person what they thought they needed. I could give them, I could create the space for them to be an even, to show themselves, to be whoever their ego at that particular time, you know, wanted to be. You see what I'm saying? I do, I do, so as you're, as you're at that higher level of awareness, you're able to look at a situation and see it as just a situation, but not your entire life. Not your my not not your not your entire life, because that person ultimately I knew I'm going to be here for a time. I need to learn this much here, and then I'm going to be gone. And do you believe that there are just some people in this lifetime who will not get to this level of awareness, and that you just really have to focus on yourself? Yeah, but that's what and I said to you. That's what I was saying to you in the email. That's not your job to worry about what other people are going to do. Your only role is to be is to concern yourself with yourself. Isn't yes. that true? Oh yeah. yes, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. So, uh, in one thing, uh, as we said, and Oprah called it spiritual muscle. Yeah. And I called it yeah. growing in presence power. It's the same thing. So presence builds up gradually. Right. Right. Um, in the meantime, you can still practice even in difficult situations. It might sometimes work, even if your, your spiritual muscle is not yet highly developed. If you can remember just the little, uh, little pointer, the little phrase, uh, am I able to accept this moment as it is? Mm -hmm. And if this mo moment comes in the form of this obnoxious person, 
-hmm. then then you, the question is, can I accept this obnoxious person at this moment? Can I accept this obnoxious person at this moment? Because whatever arises in the present moment, can I be the space for this? Yeah, and if you're mm. able to remove your ego from it, if you're able to take your ego out of it, yes. then it becomes just what it is. Yes. What you were saying, Kim, it becomes just another situation. If you can take your ego out of it or your friend take the ego out of it, so it's not personal. No. It's not personal at all. No. Yeah, that's what I learned so how to can. do. So we can really take these opportunities that are so challenging as little gifts oh. and opportunities to grow ourselves. Not only that, it is the true, that is the spiritual path. You know, we, we had talked at a previous class about how everybody has their cross to, to bear. And the truth is that when you confront uh, an obnoxious boss or in difficult situations, there, therein lies your opportunity to build the spiritual muscle. Yes. To build this yes. or create uh, or, or allow presence to come through in a way that you get to show who you are instead of being worried about what the other person is doing. Yes, so yeah. difficult people or ego-controlled uh, people have a very important spiritual function in this world. Eventually, they will become so unhappy that they will also go beyond that. But in the meantime, they are there, they are for pra as practice uh, material for others. <laughs> That's right, because if everything was wonderful all the time, you would have no practice, no way to practice. There would be no growth. That's a good way to look at it. Talk to you soon. Bye. 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 Very nice. Very interesting about the practicing of the, the spiritual muscle. Yes. Now, you, you notice when I was calling the, my former a boss a jerk, and you said that's not who he is. Do you never encounter um, obnoxious people in oh, your life? No, you do. I encounter obnoxious people. It's a question of looking. Do you have only love for them? Um, not necessarily. Okay, no. good. No. <laughs> okay. But it's a question of what, did you say? Uh, of whether one is able to look through this overlay of ego or heavy pain body, which can be very strong, whether you're able to go <coughs> through that, uh, and it's very hard to describe this process, when you are not judging the person mentally, not calling him or her anything, you still know that this person is obnoxious. Yes. You know that. Yeah. You know, still know that this person is controlled by the ego. You know it even right. without formulated uh, concepts in your yeah. mind. And so, but you also know that beyond there is, there's a being right. that is pure and innocent and as close to God as anybody as anybody so okay is it is it possible to look through the ego in others yeah but but Eckhart you still don't have to want to deal with that person no you may want to remove yourself and, right yeah, and if you if that is uh, possible then that often is the best thing to That's do right because you can still say I can bless you in your beingness yes and but what you're showing me now is not what I want to no. deal with or you can walk out of a job if it's insane, the right. environment is insane. Uh, and the more present you are, the more certain you will be. About what to do. What to do. Absolutely. But the, what, we talked about that in one of the sessions, the realization, the realization of what you have to do comes from a powerful but peaceful place when yes. you're present. That's right. So when you're walking out of the office, you're not walking out in anger when it comes through presence, you're walking out you're being you're peaceful with everybody and say, that's it, I'm walking out of here. That's There's it. power 
but no negativity. Right. I got that. I got and that. so that's it's beautiful when that happens. When to say, I have had enough. Yes. I have had enough. And that comes from your inner purpose. Yes. As opposed to your outer. Yes. Yeah. Now, there may be other situations when you are forced, for some reason, you are forced into. Now, an extreme example is that you're in an elevator and it gets, the elevator gets stuck. Right. And there you are with an obnoxious person mm -hmm. for one hour in the elevator. Mm -hmm. Or some people are stuck with somebody for some reason. They can't go leave, leave the situation. You're maybe in a prison or cell. Or lots of people learn they have to keep jobs. Yes. Where they are dealing yes. with bosses who are obnoxious. That's right. Yeah, as we just heard Kimberly say, yes. you have to keep a job. You have to earn a living for yourself and your family. Yes, and there's a question of accepting that this is where this person is at without getting into reactivity. And resisting it. Resisting it. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I did it the right, the right way because yes. I was in that situation for quite a long time yes. and literally would ex just accepted it. And I would have friends say, how can you put up with that? How can you tolerate that? Because I know this too shall pass. And so Trouble in, doesn't in, last always. Intuitively, I you did intuitively, that. Intuitively, I yes. knew that I wasn't going to be there forever. Kippy is an American uh, who teaches gifted students at an elementary school on a US Air Force base outside Tokyo, Japan. How do you say hello in Japanese? Is it konnichiwa? Konnichiwa. Konnichiwa. <laughs> konnichiwa. <laughs> And mushi. the same to you. Mushi, mushi. Mushi, mushi. on the telephone. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Kippy, what is your question? Okay, um, Eckert, on page 301, you wrote, enthusiasm means there is a deep enjoyment at what you do, plus the added element of a goal or vision that you work toward. My question is, is how can we have goals or visions if we are to always remain in the present? Good question. Mm -hmm. Good, yes. Good question. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> so the, the goal of vision, when it's, uh, is inside you as if it were already a reality. And in fact, on some level, it is a reality inside you already. So a, a true, a goal that is uh, powerful when you're in touch with your own power, is not a goal that you project yourself mentally to and say, I would like to achieve this or that at some future point. I need that, I want that to complete myself. You're reaching out towards that goal. You're losing yourself. You're not present. But if you, are, if you realize that whatever vision you hold is already a reality inside you. I give an example now of the power of now. Before I ever wrote the book, I had this vision of that that book was already, on some level, already there, had already been written. And so I felt all I'm doing is I'm externalizing what's already there. I, but I had this strong inner feeling that the book already exists inside me. Mm. I saw that it as a reality already. I didn't try to achieve writing a book. The book was already there, and all then I had to do was be open to this energy movement coming from within to manifest what was already there on a deeper level. And that's why Jesus said, whenever you ask for anything, believe that you already have received it, and it will be yours. So if you believe that you already have received it, it means 
it must be already be a reality inside yourself. So you're not coming from lack or scarcity or neediness, because then you're not, there's no power behind your, your vision or your goal. Mm -hmm. You're already coming from fullness. So the goal is already a reality inside. You already feel as if you had it. Right. It's already a reality, and what you feel about it is the fullness that is already there in the present moment. And then you don't lose yourself, then you are fully there as you begin to respond to this inner impulse. You manifest it in your life, in the present moment. So you're, it's not a future thing, really. A powerful goal, when you visualize, a powerful goal is you're not visualizing in order to achieve something in the future. You're visualizing in order to bring something out that's already inside you. Wow. That's, 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 um, that's powerful, but I can understand why a lot of people would be confused by it, because as in, how do you ever achieve anything in the future? Isn't that what you're saying too, Kippy? Right. Right. How do you ever achieve anything in the future? Say, I want to be an actress. There are a lot of people, you know, have day jobs, but what they really want, I want to be an actress. That's a future goal. I want to be an mm -hmm. actor or an actress. Mm -hmm. Or I want to get a job working mm -hmm. for, yes. you know, a major corporation. Yes. How, how do you, you know, how, how can you not hold that as a vision for yourself? You can, but what you're visualizing is not yourself in some future state. The power that, that is there inside you that will manifest externally in time and in the future is already there. Get in touch with the power. What would it feel like if you were an, an actress already successful? What, what does that feel like inside you? And where does the power come from with which you can make a difference in people's lives mm -hmm. when, you are, when you are doing something like that? The, where does the power reside? Yeah, because you say, it's, instead of saying, I want to be a great actress, is how do I use this talent to manifest in such a way that causes people to yes. feel a certain way? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So it's already a reality inside you, and then you can take steps towards implementing that. But it com comes from fullness rather than neediness. The mistake is not finding the place of power that is in the present moment mm. and believing that something else that is not in the present moment is going to bring you to the place of power. Okay. It won't. Okay. I just got it, Kippy. I just got it. What, what, <laughs> I just got it. What he's saying is, is that whatever goal that you have or vision that you have must come from the place of being or consciousness. And if it comes from a place of being or consciousness and not as an external goal that you have for yourself, I think I'm getting it right, right? Mm -hmm. If it comes from being or consciousness, then it comes through you out into the world instead of you reaching out into the world saying, this is what I want for myself. Yes. And so all things, and I can use the example of myself, I have always wanted to do exactly what I'm doing here with all of you. I've always felt that deep inside me, this is what I was meant to do. I was meant to be a teacher. I was meant to use television as a platform for helping people to better know themselves. And knowing that, knowing that deep inside myself is what has helped bring this into fruition. Yes. You, you see what I'm saying? Yes. I do, yes. yes. That yes. it comes from the inner part of you. There's a feeling uh, that comes from the consciousness part of yourself 
the, the being of yourself that says, this is what I now need to do. And that's why you're saying it doesn't matter what you do. No. It's how you do what you do. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter what you do. Everything that you do has to be fueled by consciousness or the spirit of God, which is another way of saying it, mm -hmm. by consciousness or the spirit of God. Otherwise, it has no real meaning in your life. Yes. And the place of power is in the present moment. You can only touch that power in the present moment. That's right. So if you're not... Uh, and so okay. you said last week it's about this step, the step today uh, that it takes to get to the next step, then the next step, and the next step, and the next step. Yes. You don't get there by thinking, no. let me, go, let me, you know. No. And, and even if you're doing something at the moment that life has given you that doesn't seem to be part of your vision, your vision. let's say you are working in a restaurant, but your vision is being a great artist, right. or manifesting, you still need to honor whatever it is that you are doing at this moment fully right. and completely, because it may, in some way, it may arise out of that, that may also be part of it. That's right. Because every <clears throat> step t leads you to the direction it's the means and not the end that yes. counts. Yes. It's the means and not the end. Yes. You follow uh, that, right, Kip? I do. Thank you. That's interesting because everything always comes back to that same point of whatever sense of presence or being, Holy Spirit, Spirit of God, whatever you choose to call it, name, because it doesn't have an ego, mm -hmm. so it doesn't get hung up on yes. what it's being called, yes. that when you bring that into your life, it fuels everything that you do. And as you said last week, the evolutionary impulse of the universe yes. rises up to meet you. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. And so the question to ask yourself, it's a very simple question. Am I okay with the present moment? You need to be deeply okay with the present moment to find the power of the present moment, which mm -hmm. is your own power or the power of the universe or the mm -hmm. power of God. Mm -hmm. Am I okay? If you're not okay with the present moment, Let's say you're working in a restaurant, but while you're working in the restaurant, you would rather be somewhere else. You're not empowered. You're only empowered that even while you're working in the restaurant, and for some people, it's, it's their life purpose to work in a restaurant and, and to spread that presence through whatever they do, the people they meet there, and that's yes. beautiful. And what you're saying in, in this book is, is that whatever you do, wherever you do, whatever you do, can have deep meaning and purpose to it and for the rest of the world, if you bring your, your presence yes. to it. Yeah. Yes. yes. And we all have encountered that, the difference between people, whether it's a waiter or the toll booth operator yes. or, you know. Yeah. Yes. In every, in every one of our life circumstances. Are you ready to unlock your inner greatness? If so, make sure to listen to my podcast, The School of Greatness, hosted by me, Lewis Howes. Join me as I sit down with world-class performers, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders to uncover their secrets to success with new episodes every single week. Whether you're striving for personal growth, business mastery, or simply seeking inspiration, The School of Greatness has something for you, and you can find it on SiriusXM, Pandora, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Subscribe and follow to the show so you never miss an episode and start your journey to greatness today. All right, let's talk about, you say that the alignment of your outer purpose with your inner purpose mm -hmm. is which we talked about last week. The inner purpose must fuel the outer purpose. Otherwise, ultimately, it's not going to work for us. But the alignment of our outer purpose with the inner purpose is called awakened doing. And that awakened doing is the next stage in the evolution of consciousness on our planet. 
there are three modalities of awakened doing, acceptance, enjoyment, and enthusiasm. On page 295, you write, each modality represents a certain vibrational frequency of consciousness. That is, you need to be vigilant to make sure that one of them operates whenever you are engaged in doing anything at all. This is key, folks. From the most simple task to the most complex, if you are not in a state of either acceptance, enjoyment, or enthusiasm, look closely and you will find that you are creating suffering for yourself and others. So let's explain each one of them. You touched mm -hmm. on it a little bit earlier that acceptance does not mean condonement. It means mm -hmm. I accept this moment for what it is. Yes. And so when you're doing something, you'll be amazed if you become aware of this and observe people around you, how many people are constantly in a state of disharmony because they cannot be in either acceptance, enjoyment, or enthusiasm about what they're doing. You use the, the example in the book of changing a flat tire. Now, you don't have to enjoy changing the flat tire. That You would have reached another level of consciousness yes. where you can enjoy changing it, yes. which I'm sure you could. You maybe could change it with enthusiasm. I'll let you know when it happens. <laughs> okay. okay, but so you don't have to enjoy changing the flat tire, but at least to accept the tire is flat you will have a much better experience rather than cursing the fact that you've had a flat tire, which yes. is what most people do. Yes. The first time you get the flat tire, everybody goes, damn, Yes. flat tire. Yes. <sighs> I can't believe it. And even more so if it's at night in the pouring rain and That's it's right. cold. That's right, never convenient. No. Yeah. So the question then is, you have to check inside to see what, what is your, the inner, your inner state of consciousness that you're bringing to this action, to whatever you are doing. What is this inner state of consciousness? Am I, what, what state am I in? And then often you will uh, realize that you are in a state of denial of the present moment. Okay, so you said acceptance, you just said this to Beth, is just saying what is is. is and if this is what I have to do at this moment, then I might as well do it without resistance. And that is the same as if it's a flat tire, or if it is, as my friend Kimberly was saying earlier, with the girl and her boss. Yes. My boss is obnoxious. Yes. That is what is. Yes. I'm not going to change that. So let me figure out how to deal with that. Yes, yeah. and, and the acceptance really has to be applied only to the present moment. If the boss is there, sitting there, saying whatever he says. Right. Uh, at this moment, am I able to accept this? Am I bringing acceptance to this? That's now, right. here we are talking more specifically about when you're performing some kind of action. Right. And what is the question is, what energy flows into the doing? That's right. That's it, the question. Is it the energy of denial or negativity? And, and once you have you've developed a little bit of sensitivity, you can very easily tell by observing other people whether the energy that flows into what they do is, is contaminated with negativity or whether it, there is presence or consciousness yeah. that flows. And yeah. Totally qualitative difference is enormous. I mentioned the waiter as an example. How does he put the plate on the table. Is he just doing a job because he wants to get out of there as soon yeah. as possible and just, or just yeah. making a living? Or is he honoring this moment? And by honoring this moment, he's honoring you. He's honoring life. And something flows into the simple movement of putting a, a plate on the table, just as one simple example, right. that changes the entire environment around him too. Yeah. 
Okay. And uh, the reason you come into acceptance again is because of the energy that you're bringing into it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. And the next modality for awakening is enjoyment. Yes. No. That's, that's a notch above acceptance. Yes. D a different frequency. Vibrational frequency. Vibrational frequency. Because everything is about vibrational frequency. Yes. People are bringing energy to everything that they do. Yes. Okay. Now, enjoyment is a, a higher frequency. Right. Some things are easier, of course, to do in the state of enjoyment. One might almost say you do them naturally in a state of enjoyment, things that you like doing. Yeah. I love this quote, Eckhart. On 297, you say, on the new earth, enjoyment will replace wanting as the motivating power behind people's actions. Yes. When's that going to happen? Well, not in the collective, but, yeah. but it can happen in the individual already now. Where we do things because we enjoy them. Yes. And not because you want more and want more and want more. Yes. Because so many people have expressed how you get more things and get more things and you want more things and want more things, and that leaves you with an empty space. Yes, filling, trying to fill your life up with things. Eventually, you come to an empty, an empty space and you feel... Nothing. ...completely unfulfilled. Right. And so the wanting is the usual thing that comes out, out of the egoic state of scarcity or lack, which right. is always there when the ego uh, predominates. Yeah. There's, so I need that in order to fulfill myself, in order to find satisfaction. I need to achieve this in order to be fully myself. This is the underlying assumption. Right, of wanting. And that is the old energy of wanting. So, and so you go out and it becomes very stressful because you're try, trying to arrive at that point. Yes. Always trying to get away from this moment because the next one promises greater fulfillment. Yes. The next one never comes because when it comes, it's the now again, which is a place you want to get away from. Mm -hmm, <laughs> mm -hmm. Completely insane, right. but normal. Okay. So getting to the place where you can have enjoyment from things because enjoyment does what? Enjoyment brings an enormous empowerment to what you do and it flows into what you do and this is the beginning of creativity which comes right. out of that. When the creative power of the universe becomes conscious of itself, it manifests as joy. You don't have to wait for something meaningful to come into your life so that you can finally enjoy what you do. There's more meaning in joy than you will ever need. The waiting to start living syndrome is one of the most common delusions of the unconscious state. That's important because many people are trapped in that delusion. They are waiting for something to come into their lives which will finally give them joy or sense of aliveness. The misperception that joy comes from what you do is normal and is always dangerous because it creates the belief that joy is something that can be derived from something else, such as an activity or thing. Don't people do things that bring them joy? That's what it looks like, but it's the same process that we talked about a little earlier when we talked about manifesting something from within. The joy is there. It comes from the fullness of life that you already sense within you at this moment. The misperception that joy comes from what you do is normal, also dangerous, creates a belief that joy is something that can be derived from something else. You then look to the world to bring you joy, to bring you happiness, but it cannot do that. That is why people live in constant frustration because the world's not giving them what they think they need. You will only enjoy any activity in which you are fully present, any activity that is not just a means to an end. It isn't the action you perform that you really enjoy, but the deep sense of aliveness that flows into it. That aliveness is one with who you are. I got that. Yeah. Right. 
But is that enjoyment the same as pleasure? No, pleasure comes from something without outside of you. Okay. So you derive pleasure from something outside of you. And I ask that because you say this means that when you enjoy doing something, you're really experiencing the joy of being in its dynamic aspect. That's why anything you enjoy doing connects you with the power behind all creation. Yes. Now, see, I read that and I thought, what about people who enjoy gambling or yeah. enjoy... These are pleasures. Okay. Yeah sex or enjoy being yes. sadis sadistic yes. or enjoy or, harming other people. Uh, yes, or, or enjoy the things power that... Of creation uh, isn't behind that. Or, or No, we, we sometimes call that enjoy, but there is no true joy in it. Okay. It's being addicted to a pleasure, something outside that feeds the ego or the okay. plain body. And pleasure, uh, the, by the definition, means pleasing me. Yes. Which would be ego. Yes. Got it. Yes. Got it. When you become more awakened, everybody, things begin to flow in your life in a way that they had not before. Yes. And that's what's supposed to be happening. Yes. These, you know, you talk in the book about, you know, serendipitous encounters. I don't think you use the word, but things just start mm -hmm. happening. Mm -hmm. They line up. Yes, yes. You have to be there for this to happen. If you're not there, you have to be there in the now so that life can work for you. Uh-huh. You can't, if you deny life by denying the now, life can't work. It's like sh shutting, closing the shutters. The sun can't come in. Yeah. Uh, the sun doesn't mind, but the sun, why not open the shutters and let the sun shine in? The strange thing is that it's when you no longer deny the present moment, then not only do you see all the things that are lining up there to support you, it also means more things are coming into your life. Absolutely. To be of assistance. Absolutely. And so that's wonderful once you... The evolutionary impulse of the universe... Yes, yes. ...rises up to me. Yes. It does. Uh, it, it, does. it does not mean that you will never again encounter challenges. Right. Or, or if, you have a, if you want to have a certain course of action, you want to go from here to there, always, of course, being conscious that the step you're taking at this moment is the most important step, but you might still want to go from here to there. But it does and... reduce the fear. Oh, yes. It does reduce the fear. Yes. Because you know you can always bring your sense of presence to the whatever the moment is. Yes. And that you'll be all right. Yes. That's right. And That's... as soon as you encounter an, a, a, a challenge, not resist it, but immediately come to an acceptance of the new situation and then see how that... it. Very often, it turns around and becomes actually helpful. Yes. In the same way that a martial arts master always uses the opposing energy, he never, the martial arts master does not fight against. He uses the opponent's energy and gives into it. Mm -hmm. And he wins by not by yielding to the oncoming energy. Knowing how to surrender to, Surre to yes. the oncoming energy. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Well, let's go to the third modality, which is we've talked about acceptance. Yes. If you can't bring acceptance, sure. enjoyment or enthusiasm. And enthusiasm, which is what Kippy from Tokyo had brought up earlier, is the higher vibration mm -hmm. uh, modality for awakening. That whenever you are enthusiastic, that there's something else that comes into play. Yeah. There's an energy field created that's bigger than you are. Uh, yes. It's particularly, it's an energy that is a is of a creative kind, an energy that creates something, brings something into this world. 
I wouldn't say it's necessarily of a higher frequency. frequency. It's a more powerful frequency okay. because it, it, it's the outgoing movement that is connected, however, with the source. Yeah. And again, mm. we say that that is the kind of enthusiasm that's just not wild external enthusiasm, but enthusiasm born of the spirit, enthusiasm born of consciousness. There are no clear dividing lines between these three modalities. Sometimes acceptance suddenly shifts into enjoyment. Mm. And sometimes enjoyment shifts into enthusiasm. enthusiasm. Right. So if you, let's say you're doing something that before you would have resented, and suddenly you are able to realize, okay, there's resentment and denial inside me. Let's see if I can accept that I have to do this right now. And so suddenly you bring acceptance to it. And as you bring acceptance to it, and you're actually beginning to enjoy what yeah. you're doing. Yeah. Do you ever have problems, Eckhart? Do you have problems? No, I don't create problems. Mm -hmm. Challenges happen always. You don't get, life will always challenge you in one way or another, mm -hmm. and that is good. Mm -hmm. But there's no need to transform the challenges of life into problems by dwelling on things mentally if you cannot take any action at this moment to turn things around in your mind, which is where worry comes in, mm -hmm. related to, pro worry is problem making. Mm -hmm. It's the, it's the mental problem making. So I don't have problems, for, not because there are no challenges in my life, because no matter what stage in life you reach, there's always some kind of challenge. Right. Life is designed in that way. Mm -hmm. The world is not here to make you conscious. Sorry, the world is not here to make you happy. Right. It's here to make, make you, you conscious. conscious. Yes. And when you bring consciousness into your life, for all of those who um, have been conflicted over the past weeks about their religious beliefs, when you bring consciousness into your life, what you're really saying is that you're bringing in, allowing the spirit of that which is God to flow through you and be the preeminent force in your life. Yes. Isn't that what you're saying? Yes, yes, yes. It's no longer the little me. It's not the little me. Yeah. You are connecting yourself to the bigger source, yes. to the source of all things. Yes, and let it then flow through you. And then this is, for example, where creativity comes into your life. It's all crea true creativity can only come in when you let that dimension into your life. So the source energy manifests through you. And creativity can start with a little thing like even a tiny creative thought or some new way of looking at something is already a sign of creativity. But most important, it's recognizing that when you can be conscious of the consciousness, when you bring the presence of that which is consciousness or the spirit of a higher power or the spirit of God into your life and you allow that to direct your path, that then all things come to you as they should. Yes. Yeah. You, that's how you create the flow. Yes, that's yeah. the flow, entering the flow. Yeah. And that is how you say a new species is arising on the planet. It is arising now and we are it. Yes, yes. This is such an enormous shift in consciousness that's happening. It's almost, this is why I use that expression, it's almost as if we were transforming into a new species. For the first time, a conscious species. It's almost as if 
humanity was only now beginning to actually wake up. Yes. I, I marvel at how you were able to put these sentences together in such a way that they connect to, have connected to me and to all of you all around the world. So yes. thank you for this experience. Thank you. And everybody else, of course, is also that in essence, you are the opening for that dimension to come into this world. That's right. And anything that we do that is creative or is successful or is good comes from that source flowing through us. Yes. It is not of our doing. No. But of the greater doing. Yes. Of consciousness. Yes. There's no greater gift than sharing it. That's why I wanted to share it with you all. There's no greater gift than sharing it with somebody that you care about and having their lives also be awakened and transformed by the words that point you in the direction of the experience of awakening. So thank you all. And again, as Gandhi said, let's all go out in the world and be the change we want to see. Yes. Thank you. Yes. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Super Soul Conversations, the podcast. You can follow Super Soul on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Super Soul Conversation. Thank you for listening.